Hey everyone, it's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Although, some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, dear viewer slash listener. We are, yet again, falling skies. Viewer slash listener. Do we have one viewer slash listener? (laughs) No, I'm talking directly to the audience member. I have a one-on-one relationship with my fans. Just checking. One-on-one. That is you, dear listener or watcher. (laughs) Falling Skies, Season 4. Episode 3, Exodus. I am Phil Svitek, joined alongside Nando Velasquez. Hi, thanks for having me back. Mocking my hosting already, and we have Roya Tahiri. <laughs> See, I come in peace. I'm here. I'm peaceful. Uh, this was a, this was to me a great episode. A lot of action. Yeah. I'm I, loving this season. Yeah? Yeah. What's better about it than past seasons, or it's just building upon itself? I uh, I think what's better about this, I mean, it, it was great having, uh, this was your classic uh, jailbreak type of episode. You know, it's a little cliche in a way, but it was really, really well done. Uh, I like the, where the stakes are. I like I like the fact that everyone is still split up, although with the beginning of, with this episode, we now see, uh, it looks like everyone's going to be coming together shortly, I believe. Well, we already got a few people together. We so got a few yeah. people, exactly. Yeah. So moves are being made. Moves are being made. Yeah. Right. Everyone's putting their money where their mouth is. Their mouth. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> no, I but didn't I mean, really like, see everyone's doing of money, it. But no, but everyone's saying that they'll do something. And they're actually going out and doing it, and not betraying everyone. I, yeah, I think a lot of other shows would have. They would have drawn out the whole uh, prison camp thing for exactly. Possibly even like the season finale, like they finally get out of prison. But I like the fact that here we are three episodes in. And Pope and uh, and Tom and Weaver and that whole group and Hal have escaped. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, who is the big, big, big boss mm. in this season? Is it going to be Lexi? W- we've wondered that this whole time. We always get a new one. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to... We'll save we'll save the meatiest part for last. The so meatiest we, part? So this will be the appetizer then? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're going to... Let's start with, um, you know, speaking of reunions, an unfortunate reunion, but over at Matt's 
Hitler camp. By the way, I have to give a... Hitler camp. <laughs> no, I say that, but notice his hair... Notice um, no, it's very, team leader's haircut. Yeah. It's kind of like Rolf from The Sound of Music. Yeah, like... <laughs> does it not remind you of Nazi Germany? Like, just the uniform? Absolutely. That haircut? The, it really does. And I even noticed that the uniforms, the way they have the women dress and the men dress differently, it reminds me of the bathroom signs. You know, the women's have the little, like, outfit line and the men's have the tight, the suit. But the guy's cut of his hair, I even noticed it more in this episode with the little, little shag right here on the side, on the side for the camera. Which is just like the bathroom logo. Is that yes, what you're exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's so we should have. put a bathroom logo next to a picture of this guy, exactly. team leader. With and the women. See. Use the women. Use the women. Yeah, I mean, I know you probably don't go into the women's bathroom that often, but. No, but it I've looks seen very the sign similar. before. I've seen the sign before. <laughs> they don't, have, they don't fil- have the actual sign in the bathroom. <laughs> I can see that sign. As much philosophical <laughs> debate we can have about a bathroom sign. Um, <laughs> is Mira the Pope of this group? I she, just, she screwed over Matt. Yeah, uh, she screwed up, but she—it's not that she, she didn't trust listen. Him. She didn't listen. Well, she, Pope she, did. Pope did, though. Well, I guess in a way, she's Pope in the sense that she is hoarding stuff. She took something that wasn't hers and she kept it. She hid it someplace else. I mean, from a woman's point of woman, a girl's point of view, she kind of answered Matt's question when he said, "Don't you want to get out of here?" Of course. When he said, did you take them? Don't you want to get out of here? She was answering the second question, not his first question. <laughs> just saying. I'm going to throw that out there. So, no, in a way... I'm going to applaud Matt rather than uh, whatever. Mira. Well, I was never going to oh. applaud her. I'd rather <laughs> bash her. Only because here's Matt at this age, and already he's thinking so far in advance tactically. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, we're going to graduate with honors, and we're going to get out of here, and we're going to save everybody, and we're going to tell them about this crapshoot. Well, you know, it's a great plan in theory, but there's always a chance that, that he could get broken. I mean, that's what Mira's worried about. Mira doesn't think she has the stamina, the endurance, to be able to outlast you know, the team leader yeah. and whoever else, whatever other indoctrination uh, techniques they may use against them. She doesn't think she has the uh, ability to do that. Matt, on the other hand, thinks he can take whatever they uh, whip up at him. And that's probably why he decided to take the sacrifice and raise his hand and say he stole the wire cutters because he's he's thinking he can take whatever they give at him. Yeah. Well, he is a Mason, so he can actually handle it, too, most likely. And women come first for the Masons, apparently, too. Um, but the thing is, I gotta give Mira a credit, though. At least she knows that they were gonna crack. That she was gonna crack. At least she knows her weakness. Yeah. You gotta give her some credit for that. I think yeah. she knows. She it. wanted to get out, and maybe the only way out is just giving up. She keeps doubting herself like that. Of course she's gonna, yeah. you know. She needs faith, and Matt is now her faith because he sacrificed himself. Well, apart from anything kind of developing that storyline, we have a set of parents already there. But Cochise, he found him. Yeah, Cochise. Speaking found of him. doing things, like mm-hmm. it was a small portion, but he found him. Yeah, son of Tom Mason. So, <laughs> son of Tom Mason. <laughs> that was confirmation. Yeah, and then yeah, and then uh, definitely Sheila finding her parents and ratting on them, and seeing the father give that a. Uh, Whatever that was, seeing the father—that's confirmation. That's confirmation from the father, and uh, obviously the father was either brainwashed or just decided I'm just going to go with it. Are the guys more like Matt, and the females are more like Mira, where they're just like (laughs) I can't deal? That's sad because it's true. I feel like, Mm. (laughs) or maybe women see the reality in it. What's the reality? What's the reality of it? That this is how it should be. 
Okay. And they're standing up for themselves. Maybe we can take it that turn. Get yeah, a little but, sexist here. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you're the one. You're but the one what is it, there. What has that, oh. that helped her? She, I don't... I, <laughs> I don't... I was trying to fight against you, and I couldn't. I lost. Okay. But okay. women are cracking early. It, it, I, yeah, I, know, I don't want it to be, but it just is. It's happening. I mean, I mean, look. I mean, Mira's cracking, but I don't think Sheila's mom was cracking. Sheila's mom was like, "How could you do this to us?" That's. But she wasn't going along with the husband. She wasn't going along. Maybe with, well, the divorce, and that's well, why. Well, <laughs> they're, they're divorced. <laughs> they're going through a divorce. That's what happened. Yes. <laughs> I just think it. I, I, it's hard to tell what the husband's plan was, but I guess he felt it would be safer for him too. And and uh, I'm curious about this adult camp because. Obviously, there is one. Mm-hmm. How many people are in this adult camp thus far? And is the adult camp just what we left with the Tom ghetto. Mason? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. Or is the adult camp something more like Chinatown? That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not for the wife I mean, cause, anymore. Well, because one thing you guys, I, I was listening to the podcast since I wasn't here last week, um, and one thing you guys were, were talking about was, uh, you know, um, Lexi, don't want to jump around too much, but Lexi talking to that Ashvedi at the yeah. very end. But I felt like when Anne captured that skitter and the skitter even said they were working with the hybrid, it makes me wonder exactly, you know, how much of this is all associated with, with Chinatown. So maybe, maybe the adult camp could be Chinatown based on that. It have to be called Chinatown. So speaking well, of that, I'm just saying, I know, but that's where she's stationed at. Yeah. I know. So let's talk about Chinatown and Lexi because I don't think there's anything more to talk about specifically in this episode with Matt. With Matt, yeah. Um, Other than the fact that he's in big trouble. Yeah. Is. Do you think he's going to last if uh, Cochise doesn't get to him in time? Do you think he would be able to handle whatever's thrown at him? I'm going to save that for predictions because I okay. have a prediction with that. Cool. Okay. So, um, so in terms of Lexi, I, I mean, it's Maggie's back. Yeah, Tomb Raider style. <laughs> Once the guns came Love out, it. I got really excited. I got to admit. Once I saw her guns, <laughs> I got a little. I was telling her, I thought it was pretty sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fair, hey, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm Sarah Carter. I'm fine, you know. I'm not, not going to argue with you. I know you're on her fan club. I am. The only thing that obviously she was wrong about was where, hey, she, she's, she's going to lie. If she's in with the Ashveni, why would she tell the truth? And she seemed to be. She seems to be enough honest now. Obviously, she's withholding tons of information. Lexi, you mean? Yes. Yeah. So I don't. Obviously, we don't know what that information. But again, is. just to corroborate uh, with Roya, I mean, look, another female going a little uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. When we were talking about it earlier, going I just thought of Maggie. I'm like, oh, Maggie, going a little unstable there with uh, taking the guns out mm-hmm. and uh, and threatening and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe there is something there with it. Maybe maybe your sexist feminist ways are are, are correct here. Yeah, it's gonna sound. I, I really like her guns, and that sounds so weird saying that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I thought. You can too. It's her okay. guns are cool. It's, it's 2014. <laughs> you're you're allowed to. When they confront her, finally, she's giving this right. She's doing the lesson, and she's talking about the Trinity. Yeah. I thought that was symbolic, and I actually yeah, the tri skeleton. The tri skeleton, yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really intrigued by that. Um, selfishly, I wanted more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only because that would lead to kind of more of what the heck is going on. So I, I felt perhaps Maggie. And Ben should just wait. Just wait. You know, let's let's hear this out. Let's see what what we can gather mm-hmm. from this. Yeah. What do, you, what do, you, do you think it was necessary for Lexi to break Maggie's wrist? Well, I, I thought that was she awesome. Did. She didn't. She she burned. It was probably burnt or something. I don't know if it was really broken, but whatever it was, it caused extreme pain. Mm-hmm. Or was Maggie just putting it on so then she could take out the gun again? Well, how know. did she change her skin to purple? Yeah, her skin was all. 
like discolored and everything. I, I Are you calling Maggie a faker? I'm calling no. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be good for her. No, I would think. Well, look, if somebody if somebody did that to you, and and they weren't that strong, would you like go down like the way she like uh, Maggie like screaming in pain and wincing like that? If it was part just, of my strategy. All right. I don't, I'm just wondering if if Lexi would have been able to. I mean, Lexi knew already that she had guns on her. Yeah. yeah. So I think Lexi could definitely feel <laughs> if if Maggie was going to be faking at that moment. Does Lexi like smell gunpowder? Is that how she or like the guns? No, she, and, no, there's what, a uh, sense. She like just in un- Hannibal. She understands humanity the same as she understands aliens. It's the triskeleton. Well, she has. I mean, she said it later on in the episode, right before her big reunion. She can hear things that other people can't hear. She can see things that other people can't see. So she just seems to be very self-aware about everything going on there. She, she. Uh, I think we saw that even last week when uh, Lourdes and and uh, Guitar were were you know going at it. You know, she's very emphatic. She seems to sense a lot of things, and let's face it, Maggie was not coming from a very stable place. I think I think she could automatically tell, yeah, even from Maggie's yeah. uh, way of being, that something was up. And uh, and because uh, I mean, they were confrontational from the get go. Again, here's you're in front of let's let's say a community of people, mm-hmm. however many that is in Chinatown, and you just stop the ceremony and be like, hey, we got to talk to her. Like, there's clearly some tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord is so annoying, though. I I don't get. Here's what I don't get because I unfortunately I wasn't here last week to talk about this, but I don't get that Lourdes. She was somebody who had that parasite last season, right? And she was treated like crap toward the end. She was a traitor, pretty much. I mean, it was was, she was in a cage. (laughs) She was feral at some point. I mean, and all of a sudden she's like so trustworthy. They make her this high priestess, and she has control over who gets to see Lexi, and you know she's like second in command. All of a sudden, I I, to be fair, who's making these demands and controls? Uh, well, I guess Lexi's allowing it. So, uh, you know, yeah. Lexi's allowing Lourdes to be this way. But I just still think it's, like, ridiculous that so many people trust Lourdes and listen to her. I would be, like, walking all over this girl after the mistakes she's already made in the past seasons. So I find it kind of interesting. Yeah, well, no, none of the villagers would know that, would they? Well, I mean, ones that were with the second mass. I don't know if those all, all those people in, in Chinatown... Are from there's news the travel that fast. I feel like sometimes there's there's like we're privileged enough as an audience to see high priority information, but like if you and I, if if all of us were just kind of lowly second massers, mm-hmm. we wouldn't. I would really think, know this information. I would think if they all came from the second mass, they would have heard about it somehow. So. But I guess Lexi has full faith in her, and I, and also one thing I wanted to bring about last week too that whole thing with Qatar and and uh, and Lourdes I thought was interesting because it really was faith versus science mm-hmm. going on there. Even though Lourdes was saying she was a doctor too, it really was faith. They were putting a lot of faith in Lexi yeah. over Qatar and and the whole science of uh, you know he's such a scientific person wanting to analyze her blood and saying how she's dying and everything but it, it wasn't as prevalent this week with Lourdes no, but yeah. I really find it interesting how she's throwing but there's a fundamental problem with that faith is because you don't even know the rules of that faith yet. Mm-hmm. you don't know you know what I mean whereas like with, let's say with Christianity you have the Bible yeah. you can study the Bible you kind of get it whereas well, with this it's like 
Okay, just believe, you know. Well, don't yeah. fight. We're going to be at peace. Lexi, Lexi seeing that at Ashvedi from last week, it's kind of like Jesus going to hang out with the devil and get <laughs> orders from the devil in a way, you know? It's like, who is this, who is this, uh, alien that she's talking to? And is it kind of like the rebel skaters from last season? Is this a rebel Ashvedi? Or, or is this part of the major, uh, you know, part of their plan with the big boss, whoever, you know, whoever's pulling all the strings for the Ashvedi? So, but, but again, like, Lord is, everyone's putting their faith in Lexi, and here comes, here comes Ben and Maggie confronting her in public, mm-hmm. you know, letting everybody know that Maggie's been meeting with the aliens. And what's going on with that? And yes, you know, they do have some kind of peace going on, and perhaps you would assume that there's a reason why the aliens haven't attacked, but I, I don't think anyone's really assumed that Maggie's in cahoots with them, you know, mm-hmm. talking to them. And we still don't know. Maggie or Lourdes? No, Maggie's talking yeah. to them. Lord, not Lourdes, but Maggie's talking to them. And then we still don't know really, you know, when she was talking to Advetishvedi saying she doesn't want her powers anymore. I know you guys were talking about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, did she get her powers from that particular Ashvedi or what, what, what was that about? So I think she well, still has her powers, but she was asking, I guess she was just talking like, I'm tired of being this powerful and being, having this. Well, let's, let's talk about where she, journey. you know, cause we get it. Perhaps a glimpse into it when Anne goes finally unconscious, and we have that scene where, uh, oh the, yeah, the, oh, it was weird, a reverse umbil- umbilical cord. Yeah, um, weird. It was like an umbilical cord attached to uh, Karen's uh, Ashvedi. Yeah, and so. he was just smiling too. That was, was creepy. Weird. I was like, what? Was it just a dream or was it a vision? Uh, Flashback. I felt it was a flashback. Yeah. I felt like it definitely, well, it was a flashback and it could have been a dream too. And it also would possibly answer like what was in that blood from last week that Guitar took out because I kind of noticed something moving in that vial too. And I thought that was weird. So obviously it shows some alien blood maybe. And I'm guessing that's from him and from the Shvedi. Do have we seen the extent of Lexi's powers? Like, I mean, how is is this the case of like Jean Grey in X three where it just <laughs> goes to oh, the no. dark phoenix? <laughs> where she goes uh level five mutant. Uh-huh. Uh I, I think she definitely seems to be you know what, it's a good analogy because she does she does seem to be somebody who she needs total control around her. That's why she she seems to need Lourdes to to govern who gets to see her and to control everything around her because I think we it's saw serenity. her lose. Not necessarily control, but serenity. Well, serenity, having serenity. But definitely control in the sense of she needs to have everything a certain way yeah. because she could lose her she could lose her temper. I mean, that whole argument last week with Qatar and Lourdes, she started like totally, it seemed like she was very empathetic toward it and, and was feeling the hostility and it was growing within her. And, uh, and she, she showed that with the aliens. Did catch what? Can she destroy? It, 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 if her anger gets so big that, and she empathizes with the humans, yeah, rather than the Ashveni, can she just destroy everything? Well, maybe. Maybe it's possible. I don't know. That could be a prediction there, sir. Yeah, that's my prediction. That could be a prediction. It's possible, but I don't well, think she has enough faith in herself to be able to do that right now. Right now, mm-hmm. but in time, it's possible. But again, That's why we needed the reunion, mm. you know, and, 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 and as Anne said, like, I know who that is. Yeah. So no explanation necessary. But again, we still, I mean, it still seems to be now because of that vision, too, and and what she said to the Ashvedi last week, I, I, I'm, I'm not clear exactly how she got her powers. You know, do the aliens really have more control over her than we realize? 
I don't. I mean, I. May, is it? It could be one of those. It, it's a lot. <laughs> it could be one of those things where, like, as long as she has free will, mm-hmm. it's okay. So it's it's more of a debate of does she have free will? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. not? Because that was the debate of last week's episode too. Is that's what they were going to do? This Shvani, they're going to take away free will. Yeah. So does Lexi have her free will? That's a good question. I mean, she's not harnessed or anything. She seems to have her own free will. But she she's, she even said that the aliens are a part of her. She said he's ready to be a part of her. Whether she means because of, uh, you know, just the way she was consummated and, and whatever, you know, was inside uh, her mom. You know, however it was or whether she's but harnessed in a way or, or, or attached in some kind of way to them. But how many there's, – there's tons of movies and TV shows where you just have to kill a part of, quote – you in order to be the best you. Now, is the Ashveni a good part of her? The powers, maybe. Mm. I, I can think. totally see your Jean Grey comment now in X3. Oh, man. I see this coming to fruition. Well, I mean, the other question is, I mean, look, they treat some of the humans like they treat, um, you know, Tom's group and Weaver. Like they put them in a ghetto camp, and then they put this other group of, of adults, mostly, into a more peaceful setting. I mean, why couldn't they just... Or so we assume. We don't know too yeah. much about Chinatown. We don't know that enough about Chinatown. And we don't even know how far so west different. it is. <laughs> no, well, it seems to be far west enough that, you know, Anne had the track there, but we'll have to see how far west that is. Damn. Hmm. It's just like out of nowhere. <laughs> what do you think about this reunion? What, what do you, I mean, this is kind of more, you have to get more into predictions because it's right at the end. That's what you're kind of left with. Yeah. But where does this leave us? Well, I think it's going to help Lexi to stay more for her human side, meeting with her mother, and having Ben there too. Her whole family. Yeah, Ben's been really great in this. <laughs> there's no because there's that you could see the connection with the two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, brother sister, blah blah. But is that the connection between because he's technically harnessed? So is it a connection with his alienness or is it his human side? No, because he keeps referring to you know the family aspect and sister. I don't. I don't think, yeah, I, I mean, they broke the harness from Ben. I don't think he's attached to them. I think, well, he could possibly I mean, for a, her a attachment to him. Well, I know, I get that. I don't know if, hmm, it's possible. Maybe they have something in common because they both, in a way, have... They're both dying. They're both part <laughs> alien in, in that way, in, in some but I think, way. But I think it's more so that he saved her. Yeah. First and yeah. foremost, and, and that was it, and, and where, you know, her childhood has been nothing but weird. Um, it was a moment of like, wow. Well, it's a true brother sister connection. He's willing to protect her. Yeah, and I think she senses that, and she knows that the, she realizes that the bond that she has with him is stronger than than with Lourdes or uh, anyone else in that camp. Correct. Lourdes has just got to take it down a notch, though. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Hey, she was indicted. Everyone's hugging her at love. the end. Mm. Yeah, well, well, oh, yeah. Happy so- not as yeah. Her relationship with um, Anne, she mm-hmm. ran up to her and gave her a hug. It, that was like a normal Lourdes moment right there, back in the days yeah. when it was Dr. Glass. You know? Yeah, exactly, when they were working together in the medical room. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was second so mass. So maybe Lourdes is really inside there. Normal Lourdes. Maybe. Somewhere. Probably a moment of just, you know, a, an instant reaction seeing somebody, you know, an old friend. That's what I would think. But I'm sure Lourdes is still going to be a pain in the her. butt. I'm still she's going to be a pain in the butt in the next couple of episodes. Who knows? Yeah. You know, but I don't think she can. I don't think she can tell her um, and not to see her own daughter. <laughs> yeah. No, especially especially badass Anne right now. Badass soldier Anne, the way she is. I don't think she can really stop Anne from doing anything. 
question is, though, does Anne have more to her than we think? Because of that whole vision that we saw, the flashback. More to her in what sense? I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, alien-wise, did they do something more than just impregnate her with an alien, half-alien baby? No, I think it's like E.T., where she just has a connection to her daughter. <laughs> like E.T.? Like E.T. did with Elliot. Okay. But I don't think I ever saw a cord go from but E.T. I don't to think, Elliot. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> they yeah. showed some Reese's the pieces, most, they, but... just, they just touched fingers together. That was the biggest. That was, that was their umbilical cord. They yeah, just touched I'm, fingers. I'm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry there's not a direct correlation from one to, you know, maybe they touched. No. Oh, when they do on that bike ride. Jeez. Yeah. Phone home. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think, you know, I, I think that's their connection. That's her okay. daughter and, and what, you know, what she feels. Well, it's great to see them back. I mean, I know I remember the first week when I was here, you guys were saying how selfish Anne was for wanting to be with her kid. It was seen like very, very selfish. But now that she's with her, we get to see we get to see how Anne's going to react to her. We saw a little bit in a clip that it seems like they're not going to have a great um, reunion. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but you know, obviously, obviously Anne is coming about things differently herself. Anne is, you know, Anne just killed that skitter last week with malice while while that um well, what's her name was still kind of like you know yeah. well that's the only thing yeah you know she she lexi senses something and here's all these people coming in with, look did you see their guns yeah if they we're trying to keep this guns. peaceful this is i you know that that's something that hasn't been touched upon yet i, I figured lexi would have been right off the bat like Guns down. <laughs> well, again, I think it was a moment of, oh my goodness, that's my mom, and and perhaps right afterwards, he goes, you cannot bring your guns in here. Yeah, you know, then we'll see that next week for sure. But uh, but it's going to be interesting because definitely, um, I mean, Lexi's grown up. She's twenty one approximately, according to Qatar from last week. She's she looks like a twenty one year old, and uh, despite how she may look, Nando, <laughs> <laughs> she's only a year old. Yeah. Yes, and Anne is hasn't seen her since she looked six. So She's in the state of California, <laughs> you're going can't there. Do can't do it. You're going there. Just saying, can't okay. do it. Well, I. You know what? If she ends up in a love um, scene with somebody else, we we can talk about that then. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, this just got really weird. Weird than that umbilical cord moment. Weird than the umbilical cord. So on that note, <laughs> well, she, I, I can't think of anyone she'd hook up with. Anyway, Every, all the, the other doctor? major characters are her family. Yeah, yeah. Doctor Guitar, no, that would Come be really on. creepy. He got. He's, he's like in his forties, and she's she looks twenty one. She'll be forty soon Even, enough. Give her oh, give her a month. God, she'll be his age. No way. <laughs> I think it's the stress. Do we think it's just progression or is it stress? That's something we discussed episode two. That she would. That Lexi's growing older because of stress. Or, or events in her life just cause her to. I think it's just. I think it's the alien, uh, you know, you, gene you, you, in her. You, you think making... it's a natural progression? You think like it's just a one to one ratio? Well, I don't know because I mean, Qatar. You know, look, we see her as growing up, and and you know, as someone who is in their twenties, like early twenties, you know, they're still, you know, human um, biology is they're still growing. Usually, they, I think. I think the human. I think we grow until like we're about thirty, and then technically we kind of stay stay the same, and then we start to slowly deteriorate. deteriorate. <laughs> I believe that's what it's supposed to be. So she's still growing, but Katara's like she's gonna die, you know. So which is, I guess, it's true. And her accelerated rate of aging, perhaps she's not gonna live as long as uh, a normal human. But uh, you know, it remains mm. to be seen. They, I guess they still would have to test her since that didn't work last week. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. 
<laughs> okay, I want to talk about the best part for me, the Exodus. You want to talk about what? what's your favorite Led Zeppelin album? Uh, I can tell you which... So, by the way, that was a great joke. Which Zeppelin I hate. <laughs> it's not that one. It's not that one. It's Coda. <laughs> yeah, Coda does suck. Yeah. <laughs> um, which one? I don't really know Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> then how can you say Coda was bad? Because they said it was bad. Oh, you trust everything they say. You know what? You have a lot more I trust, trust in you Tom. You have a lot more trust in Tom has in Pope, apparently. I have to. Okay. You should learn to trust me more, and I do trust Tom more. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. It worked out tonight, didn't it? No, it worked out. It was an awesome plan, and I love seeing Tom getting into like the whole historical significance of his plan that it was what Geronimo did uh, against the Mexican army. That was it. Yeah, he had this whole <laughs> history lesson about Geronimo. That's that's typical Professor Tom back in uh, back in college. Mm-hmm. You know, going over his American history and figuring out a plan that works. Yeah. Yeah. It, to me, it just reminds every. You know, I love when all parties have to come. You know, everything must be done as one, as mm-hmm. they said in Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> everything, you know, and to me, the, the second week in a row, you're quoting Matrix. <laughs> and you I, realize that? Yeah, you you mentioned it last week. With what? I can't remember, but I thought I heard it in the podcast. You mentioned. I thought yeah, you mentioned Matrix. Enough. It's all sci-fi. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I loved it. Um, obviously, Pope. Uh, yeah. Pope did well, except, you know, I I like how Tom did call him out, like, hey, you know what? You're the a-hole because you all, all you ever want to do is split people apart. Yeah, I mean, Tom. Yeah. yeah, it's just... No, it's... Sorry. Nando looked at me like, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. well, week one, we, <laughs> yeah. she was busy telling me. Remember week one? She I was so it. She was so determined that Tom was in some secret plan with Pope. And faith. I was like, Pope, they don't trust each other. And and yeah. and then when he said that line, I just looked at Roya during the yeah. show and said, I told you so. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, that was my fun part. But, but anyway. They, did tr- they could now trust each other. Well, they could. I mean, they've had their moments. They have had their moments where they seem to get along, but Pope ends up, you know, being a jerk and start hoarding things or, or just going for his own self Pope's good when really needed. Yeah. Like, if you need him to go to the store and get you booze, he's not going to do that. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, because well, that without drinking all of it first. But, I, you know, it was a really interesting moment um, in this scene when, uh, when uh, Dingen got hurt. That pipe fell on his hand, and he broke his hand. That was so hand. brilliant. It just comes out of nowhere, boom. Yeah, from a scooter top. The whole plan goes to crap everything in the has first to be, moment. Everything has to be right in order for it to work. And then Weaver, of course, was going to take the suit, but because of his heart condition, they said there's no way he'd be able to survive the shock if, you know, of going up there. And it was interesting to see Pope say, no, you can't do it. I'll do it. He took yeah. not only he took a hit to protect Weaver— after they were like going at it last week when we were, when we were, um, yeah. was following him even, which was really funny. It, it's just interesting, this little bromance that all of these guys have with Pope and, and, you know, it's like a love hate thing, but Pope, you know, I, I thought it was a really interesting sacrifice that Pope was willing to do. I honestly, I thought Weaver was going to fight and put the suit on, and I thought he was going to sacrifice himself because him and Tom had that last, I thought it was going to be their last drink together. Yeah. When, and before the whole plan went down. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh man, Weaver's going to die. <laughs> Did you guys think Pope Tom was going to die? At all? Not this I know early. that was kind of your... I didn't think Tom was going to die. 
Okay. I don't think this is the kind of show that would shock us with make by making Tom die. Episode. <laughs> uh, that would have been a big. I don't, shock. This is not yeah. Game of Thrones. I don't think they're going <laughs> to kill major characters like that. I mean, to be fair, uh, I I knew that he wasn't going to die because um, the representative, as we'll call him, said, "Hey, get him to me alive." Yeah. Yeah. So I knew right then there, Tom's safe. Thank God. Yeah. That whole scene again made me cringe when you hear the voice, the guy that's doing the voice for the Fenny, like the, screaming. The representative. Yeah, the representative screaming in pain of being burned alive. That was just ah, oh, those scenes freak me out when they do that. Mm. Doing really well of freaking me out twice now in this episode. <laughs> the burning and then the weird umbilical cord thing. Mm. Freaky. <laughs> it was a great. I gotta admit. I mean, just the the whole chase scene and everything. The whole the way that whole thing played out with Tom, you know, meeting up with that uh, with the Shvetty leader and and using the flame torch and then running away. I just, you know, Tom's part cat. Yeah, he land on his feet, I not break a leg. Uh, yeah, I mean, but kudos to like the directing and the cinematography mm-hmm. and and uh, special effects. Yeah, talk about skitters. all things coming together. Out, well, you know, from a filmmaking perspective. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a really good chase scene. And I thought I thought how you know he had the sort of least part of it mm. but you know he did what he needed to do um he he became he a leader. that one guy only 15 men like um, yeah. no more than 15 people every 15 minutes yeah yeah and then they forgot the old couple <laughs> you know, i mean i don't kind of understand why they had to pack up those because they were coming in yeah but he was obviously able to kill them it was like shooting fish in a barrel why don't they just keep going and kill as many skitters as are a like plethora skitters, you know, because you'd rather not. I mean, there's. Well, I mean, you know, I will say this: they've made it. You know, remember season one when uh, skitters were really hard to kill. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like even that scene when when Tom was starting to break away on the motorcycle, and that one skitter got him, he just does an elbow to the back, <laughs> and the skitter falls. Okay, you it know how a in a video big... game you level up. <laughs> Oh, so this is this is uh, you you yeah, level up to level four. You're in level four from season four. <laughs> yeah, but it was like a big deal when Pope was able to kill a skitter. That was like a huge yeah. deal. And now here it is, like Tom can elbow a skitter off his bike, and and Hal can just grab a stick. And you know, I mean, they know the weak point, so I'll give them that. They know the they know the under the chin is the weak point for them. Yeah. But I still find it a little like all of a sudden they're a lot easier to kill well, in some way. And then also. Little blocks would keep them away. The ones with the holes, the little cage. Yeah, things. I know. Those, <laughs> they can't just poke it open. Those blocks were a little. I they come down was, ladders, but uh, they can't. Oh no, uh, a wall. Yeah, like in a video game. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm telling you. When they level up, it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought you know, and, and, but by far, I gotta say, Pope was the best. Oh, it was awesome in that whole scene, and of course, him dropping the bag was really funny. Well, not funny, Here's, but I, I it feel was a fumble. It was a fumble. A fumble. I, I feel for him because you know, obviously, there was the whole: is he going to do it? Is he gonna, just going to run? Blah blah. But then, as soon as he makes the decision that he's going to do it, and and then does it, and the last, you know, he's so unlucky. The last string is there holding this whole thing together, mm-hmm. and then he has to fix it, and. To be those four or three guys, however many it was, and just be like, quick, quick, like, 
at that point, you guys are just assholes. Because <laughs> the guys, you know what I mean? Like, you guys didn't believe him. He's still doing it. He's going to give it a try. It's not easy. But I, think, <laughs> I think that was all, I mean, it's it's really great the way they set that up because it was all defining moments for Pope because I think Pope is the kind of person that when it, the going gets tough, he decides to go for his own agenda. And, I mean, here he is making the sacrifice for Weaver, so that was really interesting. And then he's climbing, and even though there's a hornet, like, practically on his back, He's still trying to climb. He's holding on for dear life. Weaver manages to get, like, whatever that was, like a potato gun and shoot it at the Hornet and get rid of the, the Hornet. And then Pope drops the bag. And even, like, Weaver even said I was so close to shooting him. He just figured we, he just figured that Pope would just keep, you know, running. And Pope went down, picked up the bag, ran back up. When he, when the, the tether exploded, that one little strand still there. Another reason why Pope could just run up. And now he's free. He's on the other side of the wall. He could have ran on his own. But he stayed there and he grabbed, I thought that was something really big. He mm-hmm. went there and he grabbed, uh, that debris, whatever that was. It looked like a like hammer. A hammer. Yeah. It was a debris shaped like Thor's a hammer. hammer. And he knocked that thing out. That was, that was really, you know, really shows there was all these moments where Pope could have ran off and he didn't. Yeah. But I think, Ironically, the more obstacles that came through his way, mm-hmm. the more it became like a Pope versus this thing rather than like, hey, I have to help out these people. It just became of like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, I've decided to do this. I have the worst luck. <laughs> and this just, I, like, now, now, I'm, now I will prove this thing wrong because mm. I'm pissed at it. Yeah. It's not about helping them. It's F you. Mm. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think it worked out both ways. I think it helped the fact that when that flying skitter was around him and he saw that they shot it and it went through the 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 wall that it they were helping him. Yeah. So maybe that kind of changed his suit a little bit. Well, I think he seemed to be determined the whole time, but yeah. we just got to see him prove himself over and over again. We got to see all these obstacles and and again, like I said, it's Pope's nature to go for the easy way out or to save himself. Yeah, it was kind of nice to see them all work as a team too with yeah. Weaver actually helping Pope out. Yeah, like Same I said, man. it's this love-hate relationship. They yeah. love to make fun of each other, like last week, or, or tease each other, but it what seems like they stand fly. for each other. Pigs fly. Yeah, I love that line. You know what relationship I actually really don't like, and it bothered me? The old couple. <laughs> we were well, sitting in one house like, oh, yeah, I got everybody. I'm like, nope, there's going to be one person, one person that's going to be behind. Open. What do you know? It's old people. That was kind of sad. I, I, You know what? I give I give the directors credit for having the old guy die. Because I feel like, I, honestly. <laughs> to give that guilt for the, the wife. Don't yeah, rush me. You're going to leave without us. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, like what T, I feel like TNT sometimes doesn't take those risks. But I think it was, it was interesting. That to, was another that woman and man moment. moment. The come on, honey, let's go. Don't rush me. Yeah, it was Email doing that. Oh, man, maybe there is something to be said for that. I don't know. Write us if uh, if there is something to be said about the women roles in this in the show. Because it oh, seems like so many feminists. I, I, well, hey, I'm the one pointing it out. So she's you guys the one are cool. Point, she's the one pointing it out, but she brings up a point. I mean, if there, I mean, there are a lot of other TV shows where where they don't um, the, the feminists don't feel happy for the women roles, and maybe uh, maybe this this is a little trend here based on what we've seen this episode. I don't know why they were rushing. It's not like they were going to live any longer, anyways. Mm. I mean, Tom leads, <laughs> Tom leads the ghetto uh, camp out, and and Tom's a leader. Anne leads her troop across the uh, you know the, across the, the forest, the woods, yeah. and she's crazy, you yeah. know, or she or well, she comes across as yeah. as unstable. So there's something to be said there. Okay, question. Uh, this is kind of getting more into prediction territory, but in terms of the camp, mm-hmm. 
because we're all celebrating. It's all good. Which camp? The Nazi camp or the, the Tokyo the town, Exodus, Chinatown? The Exodus camp. We've made it into the woods. Mm-hmm. Who knows where we are? Yeah. Yet we're celebrating. Like, how safe are we? <laughs> oh, you, get what, you get what I'm saying? We've just escaped. But hey, Dijon Ma- <laughs> Don't raise it. D- well, we were <laughs> he's escaped something. multiple times, and he's been recaught. So how safe can we really be? And is it the world's dumbest idea in the world to start celebrating? You just call him Dijon Mustard, basically. <laughs> well, you know, it's a good point, because Dijon keeps getting caught. but And he's one guy. You think it would be easier for one person to hide. But now you've got a whole town. You know, you've got a whole bunch full of people from this camp. They're all going as a group. Yeah, and you burned alive the master guy, so he's going to be coming after you for yeah. sure. Yeah, so and under a, a bridge. And well, don't forget, Weaver saw something. We all saw that little weird thing, and it seems. But what like, was it? Uh, like a werewolf of some kind. Yeah, they did kind of right. Maybe it's another alien of some sort. Maybe, and and I was going to possibly bring this up for predictions. It's quite possible. Maybe even though they worked their butts off to get out out of that camp. Maybe the aliens let them out. You know, it'd be crazy if oh, there's like to follow them. It's like a camp within a camp. Yeah. That's what I was going to say because it's, it's like another it's, level. It's, it's like the Mask of Zorro. You know, one circle leads to the next. So mm. you know, as you progress to the outer circle, mm. you progress just to a bigger circle. Yeah, that'd be so frustrating. <laughs> if I were them, that's it. Um, as a viewer, I'd want to see it. <laughs> so I yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think. Yeah. But, you know, but I guess we'll get to see more about that as far as next one. But it seems like right now, based on the reunion between Lexi and her mom, and then we, uh, we see Tom and his group escape the camp. So now they're out and about again. You know, it seems like they, they are, um, quickly looking to, uh, unite the troops again. So let's, let's do a little bit of extended predictions. We're at episode three, so we have just the right. And now, you're after Buzz TV. You know, we're still in that territory where there's tons of spec. We can kind of we can base off things from what we've seen in the past because mm-hmm. we have just the right amount. But there's plenty of speculation for the next couple episodes. Okay. Uh, when do you think everyone will sort of meet? I think not this one, but the next one, so or at five. the end of this one, maybe they might like glint, glint, like see each other. But yeah. I don't think they'll be together based on based on what we kind of been hinted at you know toward the end uh, i feel like i feel like tom and his gang have a, a dilemma right now mm-hmm. out on the road so i think that next week's episode will probably focus on that just survival it's possible on surviving and and getting from point a to wherever point b might be but i think by the end of next week's episode they might find chinatown and then we'll start with the following episode well i think for me i i, I I think Tom and that group, they're going to go more to Matt because they have a direct connection because of Cochise. Mm-hmm. Versus Chinatown, that's really, uh, you know, you really have to find who's going to go west. Yeah, I guess that's true. Although I don't know how he can reach Cochise right now, but maybe Cochise seeing, uh, seeing Matt, he might go back to... Uh, well, he said, hey, if you get out, I'll be, you know... There's that. There was that connection. Like, hey, if you guys get out, I'll be able to help you. But there's nothing I can do for you while you're in here. That's true. So, so hopefully he knows. Maybe he has some way to track them and knows that. Yeah. Hmm. I think next week we might see a little Maggie and Ben action at the end. I think <laughs> this is gonna be the episode where they actually kiss or have some some kind of affection with each other. Hmm. Well, I'm, I think I think Matt is going to be indoctrinated. 
I think, you know, as, as, uh, thanks to his sacrifice to protect Mira and the fact that he said they're going to make it unpleasant, I think he, they're going to break him. And, uh, so I, I think eventually he might get rescued, but the whole thing is he's going to be, he's going to be turned. Be, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what, I can that's see what that happening. Mm hmm. Definitely see that happening. Um, what, what was the big prediction you had, Nanda? Oh, yeah. well, the one I teased earlier, that, that was what I was thinking, that that Matt was going to get turned. Hmm. And that, that you know... That, it's a little anticlimactic <laughs> at this point. Well, I'm just repeating myself. But I, I, I think that obviously Tom is going to reunite with Lexi and Anne. They're all going to go after Matt. But by, the, by this point, it's going to be too late. Matt's going to be turned. And they're going to have to deal with that. And whether Matt blows the whistle on them probably, probably while he's there and, and you know... They're not going to be safe with Matt. That's for sure. Now, uh, obviously, there's tons of speculation of what's going to happen with Anne and Lexi. What what do you guys see happening? Whether just immediately or in the next couple ones? I think it's going to take a couple episodes for them to have a real mother-daughter relationship. I think they have to figure out... Lexi has to figure out for herself what side she wants to be, her human side or her alien side. And I think having her family around her is going to help her be on her human side. Yeah, I think ultimately, I think the human side will probably win out just because the way that, you know, the way this thing is, uh, produced and set up with Steven Spielberg, I think her human side will definitely win out, but there'll be more of a struggle. Well, I think for the whole season, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the test. And yeah. I don't think her human, I think she's going to sacrifice herself mm-hmm. for the human side. I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Anne's not going to be happy about that. I don't think Anne's going to be happy about that at I all. I want to see her reaction when she sees Tom. If she's back to being, I love you, Tom, then I will be happy with Anne. But if she's more focused on her daughter still, I'm like, there's something wrong with Anne. Mm. Something hooked with her. Just saying. I'm still a little fishy. I don't trust her 100% yet. Fair enough. Tomorrow, uh, not tomorrow. Next <laughs> week looks like an action-packed episode, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think it will kind of not necessarily be a filler episode, but, you know, it's whereas we accomplished so many things um, tonight. We're gonna have to. We're gonna set things up a little bit that will close out. You know, start closing out in episode five. But episode six, the, how many episodes usually? Ten. For that's the thing. It's either eight or ten. I can't remember. Ten. The last few seasons have been ten. It's been ten. Yeah. Okay, ten. so then, um, so then we're on episode four. So we're gonna set things up for the, the mid season, mid season kind of climax. So next week's gonna be adventurous, but we're not gonna close out a lot of things. Yeah, I agree. Do you think there's gonna be an ultimate death? Out of one of the main characters this season, Coaches. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Hey, he's a main. Hey, he's a main character to me, and I care deeply for him. Yeah, no, I can see for that. Sure. And he's like, he's like their their symbol of hope in a way that the Volm would probably help out or come back. Yeah. So I can see him dying. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add? How about where we can find you? <laughs> we can add that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nandovel N A N D O V E L. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyRoya. That's H-E-Y-R-O-Y-A. Phil? And follow us here at AfterBuzz TV, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And don't forget, if you're trying to survive an alien race invasion, pick up the Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness. <laughs> it has all your tips, trips, tr- and tricks to uh, doing so. Um, that is brought to you by Maria Menounos, our founder Ooh. here at AfterBuzz TV. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back Sunday. Hungover from our annual pool party. I think you're gonna say Hunger Games moment. Yeah, we got a Hunger Games. (laughs) Anyway, thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you here. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.